You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am Garrett Ashley Mullet. This is my show. You are my listener. Listen in. And we are going to talk about Barry Weiss's piece in cityjournal.org called The Miseducation of America's Elites. The tagline or subscript reads, Affluent parents terrified of running afoul of the new orthodoxy in their children's private schools organize in secret. This was published March 9th, 2021. So very recent. It came to me by way of Micah Hirschberger, host of on the Rocks blog podcast, also available on Anchor FM. Check it out if you haven't yet. I am frequently on there with him as a guest slash co-host. He sent it to me after listening to Dennis Prager interviewing the author of this piece, Barry Weiss, who used to work for the New York Times. And apparently this is going viral. I don't know that firsthand. I know it not even secondhand, I know it thirdhand, because Dennis Prager said it on his show. Micah Hirschberger listens to Dennis Prager's show. Micah Hirschberger talks to me, and I listen to Micah Hirschberger. So I take it on good authority, because I trust Micah Hirschberger, and I trust Dennis Prager, that Barry Weiss has a piece out there that is going viral right now. A lot of people are sharing it. It's a curious thing, though, and you'll find this out if you check out the link in the description for this podcast and you read this article for yourself. I don't have time today to read it out loud, but uh, you can read it, and we'll talk about it. If you read this piece, the gist of it is this. The most prestigious private schools in the country, in very blue states, California and New York in particular, are pushing... Black Lives Matter curriculum and critical race theory and anti-capitalism and class warfare and anti-racism vis-a-vis Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist. They're pushing the whole Howard Zinn, A People's History of the United States narrative. They're pushing this on kids who are going to these elite prep schools And parents, wealthy, dual-earning, two-career household, affluent parents who are sending their kids to these schools to the tune of $45,000 a year for tuition, these parents that are well-connected, powerful, influential, movers and shakers, people with authority, people with money, the cream of the crop, the top folks are terrified to speak out against it. But privately, secretly, they're very concerned and they're outraged. So the question is, where is their treasure? What matters most to them? Well, for a great many of them, what matters most is being affluent, being well thought of, being popular, being prestigious, being well connected, being on the in crowd, their children following in their footsteps and having all those things and more, doing better than they have done even. That's why their kids are going to these prep schools, because if these schools 
these elite prep schools, fit their children for college, then their children will have a fantastic life. Not just any college, but Harvard and Yale and Stanford and MIT and Duke. Big name schools, Princeton. Big, important universities that all of the most powerful, wealthy, influential, well-connected people in the country and arguably the world go to and have gone to for decades, even maybe centuries. If their children don't get into those colleges, that will be very embarrassing, not just for their children that they won't maybe amount to much, but also for the parents. And so these parents are keeping quiet. They're afraid. They're terrified of being destroyed, having their jobs destroyed, having their reputations destroyed, having their social circles abandon them, ostracize them, cast them out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. To them, heaven on earth is being well-connected, wealthy, affluent. And yet, the ideology that their children are being indoctrinated with is the very kind of ideology that has little Marxists throughout history, throughout modern history, eating their own. It has radicals espousing radical chic and insisting that they themselves are oppressed or that they are the oppressors. And so down with the system, you've got to speak truth to power. Well, in this case, power happens to be in some very different hands than you might expect. It happens to be in the hands of the woke mob. But it's never a mob that stirs itself up. It's always somebody, some instigator who stirs up the mob. So really, whoever is controlling the mob actually has the power right now. And yet, as we give in to the mob, as more and more people give in to the mob, the power is given to the mob by those fearful of opposing the mob. And so there becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts when you have people who see something wrong and they're too afraid to do anything about it. I believe it was Edmund Burke who said that all that evil needs to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So these parents who are sending their kids to $45,000 a year elite prep schools in New York and California are maybe, possibly, on the side of the angels in that they recognize that this is wrong, this is corrupt, this is evil, this is damaging their children, but, but are they so good after all if they know the good that they ought to do and they don't do it the scriptures say to them it is sin if they know that their children are being corrupted are being trained to be little marxists and they're doing nothing about it as near to nothing even as may be and their children become these little marxists these little revolutionaries this lost generation but not lost for the reasons you have been told by Time Magazine and the Wall Street Journal and CNN. Not for the reasons you think, not because COVID shutdowns, not because the economy is on its heels, not because Trump was president. No, this is a lost generation because it's being taught Marxism, undiluted, unadulterated Marxism. This is Mao's cultural revolution. If you would read about Mao Zedong and the communist revolution that happened in China over a hundred years ago, you would know that 
This is not new. There is no new thing under the sun, and this is under the sun, and it is no new thing. This happened in Russia over a hundred years ago. And I'm not talking about the moment that Lenin took power or that Mao took power. No, no. These sorts of things happen before you know that they happen. They've happened already before you know that they've happened. And they happen when the hearts of men grow cold to the implications. And they pursue what they think is self-interest, but it's not actually. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Not a whole lot, as it turns out. At all times and places, all types of men and women give up their souls because they think it's profitable and it's not really actually better than a millstone would be tied around someone's neck and that they would be cast into the depths of the sea, says Jesus, than that they would cause one of these little ones who believe in him to stumble or to stop believing in him. And so we find that as these elite prep schools and the public school systems in general across the country for decades, for the better part of the past century, ever since John Dewey and the progressive education model became du jour, was mandated, these schools have driven children further and further away from the strong gods, as R.R. Reno puts it in his book, The Return of the Strong Gods. The post-war consensus has been for some time that what the world needs now is people who believe less strongly all of the things that people have believed in for ever, for all of recorded history. Loyalty to your family, to your wife, your children, to your community, to your parents, to your siblings, to your friends, loyalty to your city, to your state, to your nation, to your God. What the world needs, according to the elites post-World War II, is less of that kind of muddying the waters. We can have world peace when you stop believing in God so much, and you stop loving your wife so much, when you stop loving your children so much, when you stop being so dedicated and attached the issue is your attachment that drives you to do crazy, irrational things and have conflict. To protect what is yours, you need to let it go and stop caring about it so much. If you love something, set it free, or so they say. Truth is treason in the empire of lies. And so it doesn't matter that it's not much good having a prosperous economy when you're lonely it's not much good having a nice big house when you and your wife or your husband can't get along to save your lives. It's not worth much to be so well-connected when you're miserably sad. You are purposeless, adrift. We've convinced people, by and large, that all that matters really is the paycheck they command, how popular they are, how well-known they are, what the world says of them. And then you get people thinking that the world is singing a different tune now, and it becomes true insofar as most folks are too afraid to say anything to the contrary for fear of being destroyed as they see it because their treasure is here. 
their treasure is in what people think of them. They are the Pharisees. Beware of men speaking well of you, or beware when men speak well of you, as the good book says. These parents who organize in secret in hushed tones, who do these interviews with Barry Weiss on condition of anonymity, don't tell anybody that I talk to you. Don't use my name. It would go very badly for me. Well, hmm. You are a paragon of courage, aren't you? Somebody's going to have to stand up, but it's not going to be me. You are the people, the townspeople in the classic Western, whose town has been overrun with bandits. The sheriff is feckless. He lets the outlaw gang do whatever they please, murder whoever they please, rape whoever they please, rob whoever they please, and that outlaw gang lets him live. At some point, a gunslinger comes. And he does battle. It turns out he's a pretty quick draw. And he's a good shot. And at a certain point in the movie, he's defeated the bad guys. And those townspeople who love nothing so much as being comfortable and settling into a numb, mediocre existence who couldn't stand up to the banditos to save their lives somehow muster up the courage to chase off the hero of the story. And he rides into the sunset is never seen nor heard of by those folks, again, if he can help it. With friends like these, who needs enemies? So these cowards, these parents who are deathly afraid of their children growing up to be little Marxists, but not afraid enough to do something about it, to speak up, to be counted, they are part of the problem. If Our whole country is filled with people that are either for this Marxist ideology or who are too afraid to say anything about it, then we are sunk. It's just a countdown now. The fuse is lit, and you wait for it to go boom. How's your self-interest going to be doing when the fuse reaches its terminus and ignites the powder, ignites the charge? How's that going to work out for all of us? Not so well. Look at Venezuela. Look at Cuba. Look at China, look at Russia, look at everywhere that communism has been tried. They're doing it here before our eyes. This is communism. This is Mao's cultural revolution. Not like it, it is, this, this is Mao's cultural revolution. When they will destroy you for daring to even question. Hmm, does this make sense? Why are we canceling Dr. Seuss? Why are we canceling To Kill a Mockingbird? Why is my child coming home telling me how important their skin color is? They're white. They couldn't possibly understand. They're the cause of all the problems in the world. And then we wonder why so many kids are suicidal. Lord have mercy. It's the parents' fault. I blame the parents. I do. You have parents that care nothing so much about anything else or anyone else as they do about themselves. And their poor, dear, sweet children have to just figure it out. They're told one thing, but it's almost worse to be telling your children this is what we believe. And then at the first sign of opposition, nothing. Hide. Don't say that. Don't tell people what's true. You've just taught your child a whole hell of a lot by telling them to hide. Lord have mercy. He will. On his. May we be found in him. That's my prayer.
Moving on, I've been reading through City of God by Augustine of Hippo, also known as St. Augustine or St. Augustine. I don't know. You can say potato, you can say potato, whatever. That guy. Reading through City of God, and it's been a very, very long, good book, but very long, 46 hours. I'm coming down to the home stretch. I should finish it this week. I'm committed to finishing it this week. I started it, I don't even know how many months ago at this point, a long time ago, as books go for me, I usually have books finished up in a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. This one is taking me forever, but it's been good. And I think it just goes to show, for my sake, how well people used to speak and think and how the abundance of knowledge that we have now does not necessarily mean we have an abundance of wisdom. We should pray for wisdom. We shouldn't pray for more knowledge. We should pray for wisdom that God would give us the discretion to be able to put two and two together to make four and to be extraordinarily stubborn, to be gracious, yes, to be humble, yes, but not humility in the form of dishonesty, not humility in the form of affirming things that are blatantly untrue, calmly, gently, but definitely saying two plus two equals four. When the other person is getting red in the face and they're threatening to destroy everything about us, everything we hold dear, when they're slandering us, when they're accusing us of all manner of evil, awful, horrible things, when they can't find language strong enough to condemn us, and then having run out of language, they resort to violence and they beat us and they kick us and they spit on us and they kill us even. We need to have the kind of fortitude that it takes to stand up to that. If it's one person trying to destroy us, Jesus says, fear not. Have no fear of man who can only kill the body and then has nothing more he can do to you. Fear God who can kill the body and throw the soul into hell forever. That's Jesus. Don't fear man. The fear of man lays a snare, as Proverbs tells us. Whoever trusts in Yahweh is safe. Do you want to be safe? We live in this time, this day and age, when everybody is so obsessed with safety. But are we? Are we really? Or are we rebels to a good God and King in whom is actual safety? Everywhere else is sinking sand. Are we just so proud so determined to have what we want, to do it our way, to think for ourselves, or so we say, but not really, because we don't want to think. We don't want to know the truth. We don't want to hear that objection. We don't want to hear what's going on. We don't want to listen to the news. We don't want to have that conversation with this person. It's also exhausting because it's a distraction from loving ourselves, from being all about self-indulgence. If that's us, if that's where we're at, is that really self-interest? Is it really? Or is that folly? Now, Ecclesiastes reads that the same event happens to us all. What's the point of being wise? The same event happens to the fool as happens to the wise man. The same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, 
What's the point of being wise and good? Now, the point of being wise and good is that there's a God who is good and wise, in whose image we're made, who delights in us being good and wise, who tells us to be perfect, for he's perfect, who gives us all of this wisdom literature, who wants us to be wise. All creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. Now, if that's us, don't you think that God is pleased to see his children standing firm, not arrogant, not self-righteous, firm in their faith in his grace and in the goodness and beauty and truth of his word, standing and also acting and living and relating and loving. I have children, F7. I wrote a book. The book is not an end unto itself. I'd love for a million people to buy my book so I could make a lot of money, so I could take care of my children and my wife, my father, my wife's father. I'd love to be able to do that. And I'm not going to hold my breath if that happens. But we'll back up. What was the point of writing the book? The point of the writing of the book was that we need for the hearts of the fathers to return to their children. Fathers need to be invested in their children and their children's well-being. I read this article by Barry Weiss, and I'm all the more convinced. This is why we homeschool, guys. These parents, they can't stand up to their friends, the people that are on the school board, their kids' teachers, not to save their children's lives, because it isn't to save their lives, it's to save their children's lives. This is why we homeschool. Yeah, there's a price to pay, there's a penalty. Maybe you've got a good school, I don't know. I'm talking with a guy at work. He's going to be sending his kids to Ascent Academy in Windsor, Colorado, this coming fall. The school, the private school, rather, charter school, I should say, in Windsor that he was sending, him and his wife were sending their children to, is going to pick up the Black Lives Matter curriculum and promote that now. A lot of parents are upset. They're probably going to switch over to Ascent or some other, or maybe they'll homeschool. Ascent looks like a good deal for now, maybe, hopefully, I pray. Everything I'm seeing on the website and I'm hearing, it sounds very, very positive. May God be with them. Call me paranoid or hypervigilant. I don't trust other people to teach my children what they need to know. I trust my wife. I was, I think, fairly careful in the way that I picked my wife, the way we have tried to cultivate our relationship with one another. We want to honor God. We want to honor one another. And we want to be good stewards of the privilege that it is to raise children. If I had to send my children to a school, this Ascent Academy in Windsor looks pretty good. I'd probably send my kids there. Things happen. Who knows? Maybe something happens to me. My wife has to send our kids there. I don't know. I took out a big life insurance policy in the past year because I'm not going to live forever. But you know what? When I die, if it's 80 years from now, if it's 80 days from now, I want to stand before the judgment seat. Not as if I'm going to heaven or to hell over it, but 
in good conscience, if we're supposed to have this relationship with our Savior as Christians, I want to be able to say, I was faithful. And I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into your place of rest. With regards to my parenting, with regards to my way of relating to other people, it pains me when I feel I perhaps have not lived up to expectations, to what was expected of me, to what was required and needed of me. It pains me when I think perhaps I have not done my best. I shouldn't have handled that the way that I did or should have handled it this other way and I didn't. So what's the cure for that? Well, part of the cure is to realize that some things are out of your hands. You trust the God for those. You enlist the help of other people and you don't be too proud. You be humble. You don't put it all on your shoulders so you can show off. You don't get egotistical and oversensitive. Like it's going to destroy you to ask somebody to chime in, to carry some of the load, but also, too, one of the defenses against having anxiety about having not done all you could have, done what you should have. One of the antidotes is to do all you can, to do what you should. You can have a good conscience by doing the right thing. As God gives the grace for us to know what is right, and he does, The scriptures are there for us to become wise, to know God's mind, his character. That's what they're there for. I feel as though we are going to very soon, sooner than people realize, have open, violent, mortal persecution of Christians in this country. The language will fail those who are demanding equality Marriage equality was never going to stop with marriage equality to where we just legally recognize that that pair of gals, that pair of guys are a married couple. It was never going to stop there. It was always going to march on to, well, now you can't even criticize them. Now you have to give them preferred status. Now, if you're not one of those folks, you've got to get to the back of the line, to the back of the bus. And if a brave soul starts preaching repentance. How does that go? How does that work out for him? Does that end in destruction? Maybe for the body. Maybe. I don't know. If it does, it does. But if there is still time to salvage this country and the situation that we're in, then we're not going to salvage it by being fearful. We're not going to think our way out of this if all we can think of is saving our own skin in the short term, in the here and now. We're not going to get there. So think about your self-interest by all means, but let's be circumspect about what that is. Let's think a little longer term. Where's this going? Anyway, that's all I got. All I got for today. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. I don't know what we'll talk about, but do tune in. Subscribe. Check out the GarrettAshleyMulletShow.com. Hit me up at GarrettAshleyMullet at ProtonMail.com. Check out The Miseducation of America's Elites by Barry Weiss. And until next time, thank you and God bless.
You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On The Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.